we first want to tell you about our spotlight sponsorship. It is American Financing. American Financing uh, would like 10 minutes of your time. If you are looking to save money, 10 minutes of your time can change your world. And I mean truly change your world. Um, American Financing can save you hundreds of dollars, if not a thousand or more, every single month. If you're paying over 4% uh, interest on your home loan. Also, if you decide to not only refi and get a lower interest rate, if you decide to roll all of your high interest debt into one bill without resetting your loan, you could save a thousand or more every single month. American Financing. Call them for 10 minutes. Just see what they can do for you. They'll know whether they can help you or not within 10 minutes of talking. So do it now. It's American Financing, 800-906-2440. AmericanFinancing.net. The number at the bottom of the screen. Do it now. America and welcome to the program. I am fired up today because I I swear to you yesterday they rightfully came for Aunt Jemima and I, Aunt Jemima finally is out. Her racist pancakes those days are behind us and I stand with the Aunt Jemima haters and Uncle Ben Really? He's not my uncle. He's a racist stereotype because everybody knows the best rice makers were black men. But I'm for... We were making progress, and yet today I open up the newspaper, I go online, I search, and we've done nothing about Mr. Coffee. Oh, how do you like your coffee? Black? This nonsense has got to stop. This is the Glenn Beck Program. And I mean that, too. By the way, the Dixie Chicks. Dixie? Oh, why don't you just celebrate the Confederacy? I won't rest, and I mean this, I won't rest until the Dixie Chicks have to change their name. Uh, right now, let me tell you about Patriot Mobile. When, uh, you know, Congress and the Democrats and everybody else and the media making it harder and harder for Americans to get out of this economic nightmare, Patriot Mobile is there being helpful. Uh, that's a novel concept. What they've done is lowered their prices. Their prices were already incredibly low, but right now their U.S.-based team is standing by to talk to you to design a customized family plan starting now only at $25. Here's why you should uh, uh, switch to Patriot Mobile. Not only are they um, are they cheaper, they have the same great service. Everybody's on the same cell phones uh, or cell towers now. I mean, it's, it, we, everybody rents them from each other. So everybody has the same cell uh, towers. And Patriot Mobile has the same service that you're going to get uh, elsewhere as far as the phone coverage. But also... 
uh, Patriot Mobile has better customer service all here in the United States, and they share your values. They don't charge hidden fees. They don't rip you off. And unlike all of the other big mobile uh, providers, they don't send your hard-earned money to Planned Parenthood or other leftist causes. They actually support the causes that you believe in. They take some of their profits and send those to free speech organizations, to fight for free speech, to fight for freedom of religion, to fight for life. Join up with somebody who's actually sharing your values. Join up with somebody who's not fighting against you. Join up and get the same great service at a cheaper price. Switching is easy. Keep your phone number if you like. Bring your own phone uh, if you want. You can buy a new one. Get a new number. doesn't matter. You decide. Call them now and set up your plan at 972-PATRIOT. That's 972-PATRIOT or visit PatriotMobile.com slash back. PatriotMobile.com slash back. Oh, my gosh. Aunt Jemima is finally out. Stu, do you feel better? Do you feel safer when you go into your pantry now? So much safer. She, she, that woman haunted oh, really? me for, for really? years. Really? Speaking with your white privilege? Really? I, I mean, Confess I, your sins. I, I can't. You haven't confessed your sins yet. I, apparently not. I just, just put it on yeah. the pancakes, so I, I, I didn't really look at All it right. as a sinful act. or I mean, it was sinfully delicious, uh, but uh, not, not more than that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, 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 when I had my pancakes, uh, I said yum, but that's an acronym for, uh, yeah, upset me. <laughs> oh, really? So I, yeah, <laughs> I yeah, didn't know that. Yeah, I wow. do it every time. I, every time I have pancakes, I confess. Uh, anyway, um, Uncle Ben's is, uh, is now out. Uh, they, the uh, Quaker Oats people. The guy, uh, the the company that has the Quaker man, a religious symbol, as their company symbol. Yeah, yeah. Quaker, as in the Quaker church, as in the Quakers, as in, you know, white people that wanted to stop slavery and fought for abolition. And they were the biggest abolitionist of all time. But they're white. And they lived in the colonial area era, and so they were there in America. Hello, a racist country. Systematic racism of the Quaker guy. He's still on the cover of all of the Quaker Oats stuff. Anyway, uh, they came out and said racism has no place in in society. Do you agree with that, Stu? Well, of course you do. <laughs> Nobody disagrees with that. Well, okay, maybe the clan mm-hmm. disagrees with that. Yes, yeah, so you don't. Get we to, stand in. Unfortunately, you don't get ahead. to. Uh, you know, you don't just get to declare that. It's not like Michael Scott walking out of the room and say, "I declare bankruptcy." It doesn't mean you go bankrupt when <laughs> right. that happens. You, <laughs> right. Like yes, whether I you know. think it has a place in society or not, some people are going to do it. It's very few. <laughs> and right. We should work from reality right. instead right. of instead of these things. I think COVID nineteen has no place in society. <laughs> Cured. It's gonna be there. It's that's gonna like, be there. It's that's like Turkmenistan, there. who went on and uh, they actually banned yes. the word coronavirus, and so far they've had zero right. cases of coronavirus. Zero what, cases. What are you exactly doing, rest right. of the world, you suckers? Turkmenistan, yeah. you know what? Cured this thing a while ago. 
you know, uh, Ahmadinejad, when he came and spoke at Columbia University, he was asked about uh, homosexuals and how they stone homosexuals. And he said, we have no homosexual problem in uh, Iran because we don't have homosexuals there. There you go. Uh, problem so, for Ahmadinejad, at least. Uh, solved. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So anyway, racism has no place in society. And here's the problem. We stand in solidarity with the black community. Not a problem. That's fine. Our associates, good. And our partners, great. In the fight for social justice. Social justice is evil. It started out great. It started out really nice in the 1800s. It's a Catholic kind of idea. Social justice has been hijacked by the early 20th century, and nobody seems to care about that. Oh, no, it just means... No, it doesn't. No, it doesn't. It doesn't just mean helping out. That's called helping out. Social justice now means Marxism. So anyway, I don't know how I got there. Uh, oh, yeah, it's all the companies that are all saying that they're all for social justice. Shut up. None of you, none of you, none of you are actually thinking about what any of this means. All you're doing is just trying to get some good PR. I mean, this is this is what happened with the Nazis. I, you know what? We're absolutely with the National Socialist Movement because, you know, we're tired of the bad economy and the lawlessness. And uh, these guys seem to be very patriotic. Yeah, 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 yeah. They were patriotic. Maybe a little bit too patriotic. You've got to look at who you're standing with. Oh, my gosh. Anyway, so so Uncle Ben's is out. I, I again, I suggest that everyone in this audience begin to tweet and demand that the Dixie Chicks ta- change their name. What are you standing with the Confederacy? You standing with those statues, ladies? Are you collecting those Confederate statues? You seem so high on Dixie. Holy cow, what a group of racists you are. I won't rest until the Dixie Chicks have to change their name. Anyway, um, Mrs. Buttersworth, Mrs. Buttersworth is uh, now undergoing a complete brand and packaging review. Uh, now, Mrs. Buttersworth, I didn't even know she was black. Is she black? Or is are they changing Mrs. Buttersworth because she's so offensive because she's fat? What is it you're doing? You're you're using a fat person to say yummy syrup is here? What do you What is that, Mrs. Buttersworth? My gosh, are you sleeping with Mr. Coffee? Because um, that bastard's got to be stopped. <laughs> just, just holy for cow! Historical ac- accuracy. It's Mr. Mm-hmm. Mrs. Butters, not Mrs. Buttersworth. Mrs. Butterworth. Oh, it's Mrs. Butter yeah. Butterworth. Singular butter. Oh, okay. Singular butter. <laughs> Still fat. I don't care what you call it. She's still fat. What are you? What is this? You saying that all people that make good food are fat? Is that what you're saying? And by the way, I still uh, leave my offer open to Miss uh, Mrs. Butterworth. Uh, and you, I mean, I'll even wear a wig. I'll. You know what? I'll undergo the knife. You want to use my image? I mean, it's going to cost a lot. But I mean, everybody else is selling their soul to the devil, so why not? Uh, I'll give you. I'll set a price. What's it worth for me to become a woman, a lesbian, because I'd still be married to my wife? 
Would you I don't be? Know. <laughs> Let's ask Tanya about that because I'm not sure that one's confirmed. <laughs> yeah, so you have to ask Tanya what the price is. Mm-hmm. I have to know. It's, pro- it's probably there, probably somewhere in the divorce papers, uh, <laughs> what that price is. But anyway, I, I, I mean, I've already offered myself to be the new uh, Colonel Sanders because I look like Colonel Sanders. But why can't I look like uh, Mrs. Butterworth? Why can't I? I mean, are you saying that a man can't be Mrs. Butterworth? One with a beard? I try my gravy or my syrup or whatever it is. It's delicious. And nobody is nobody's looking at Black and Decker. Who's Decker and what's he doing with Black? Uh, hello? Wonder Bread? Isn't that just saying white privilege? I mean, I'm as white as white bread. Wonder Bread. Oh, it can do anything because it's white. Ken and Barbie? Could he get any whiter or more privilege, privileger? Could it? I mean, why not? Why not Brianna and Kente? Why not? Where's the beef? Yeah, where's the beef? The real beef is we should all we should we should all stand against Wendy's for literally having a white girl in their logo. And then Mr. Clean shows up, a bald, blue eyed, tough guy wearing an all white T-shirt. He's got a, a ring in his in his ear, solid white eyebrows. This guy is this is the symbol of alt right racism. I mean, why don't we just call him Mr. Clan for the love of Pete? Scotch tape. Scotch tape. Oh, my gosh. You supremacists. I mean, I can't believe scotch tape. We all know that the scotch were the ones who really brought the idea of individual freedom. I mean, it was the scotch that brought over uh, from their Scottish, you know, thistle land or whatever it is. They brought all of these ideas over to the white men here. And there's not a black person in Scottishville. Boy, oh boy. Yeah. No amount of your tape could hold your pack of lies together. I'm so glad they're coming for you. Copper tone? Copper tone. What is, what is it? Why does it have to be about color? Or is it about color? Has it always been about cops? Copper tone. White Castle, I'm not even going to start with. M&M's, we see what you're going with there. Oh, the milk chocolate. The dark part of it, kept in a candy shell of bondage. Q-tips. I mean, I just... So much cotton. I I, I gotta cancel Q-tips. Cracker Jack? Ah, you're fine. Don't worry. Cracker Jack's absolutely. Totally good with that. All right, uh, let me tell you about Car Shield. Uh, your car isn't going to run forever. Uh, you know, in fact, mine, mine just had a problem yesterday. I got a new truck up here at the ranch. It's, what, two years old? Yeah, leaking all the transmission fluid. My wife came in and said, uh, honey, it's not normal, is it, for something to be spilling out of the 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 front of the truck? <laughs> no, unless you hit a kid with a Slurpee. No, that doesn't usually happen. 
Uh, anyway, uh, I am glad I am covered with Car Shield. Now, on that car, I am covered with warranty. But once the warranty runs out, I have Car Shield. I have it on my other two trucks. And when she said something was spilling out, I thought, oh, well, I got Car Shield. It's on the, it's on the you know, the typical. It's on the white truck. They'll always let you down. Nope, nope. It was on the trusty black truck. What do you learn from that, America? Anyway, Car Shield. You can get covered now. You can choose your favorite mechanic or dealership to do the work. Car Shield takes care of all of it. Customizable monthly plans with rates as low as $99. They also offer 24-7 roadside assistance and a rental car while yours is being fixed for free. Car Shield. They're there for you when your warranty expires. With rates as low as $99 a month, you got nothing to lose. So get covered by Car Shield today. 800 car 6000 800 car 6000 mention the promo code beck or visit carshield.com code beck save 10% carshield.com deductible may apply 10 seconds station id this is the new theme for the atlanta police or, I mean, you know, not the Atlanta police, <laughs> Atlanta police, like there's going to be any police department in Atlanta. That's the Batman, you know, theme. It's uh, did you did you hear what's going on in Atlanta? We're going to get to it here in just a second. You don't want to uh, you don't want to miss the uh, a minute of today's show coming up in about 40 minutes is a guy from Zambia uh, who a friend sent me a video of him. A few years ago, and uh, I tried to get a hold of him, and I saw this guy. He is a he's a black theologian. He is absolutely brilliant, and he was making these these videos, you know, about social justice and what it's really about, and and uh, white guilt and all this stuff. And uh, I tried to get a hold of him, and he's moved uh, to Zambia, Africa. Um, he and his family, because he had been chased out of the country with so much hate and vitriol from the left, and they just destroyed this guy, just destroyed him, destroyed his uh, his ministry over here. I think he was in Florida and took him apart to where he couldn't make any money, couldn't do anything because of his point of view. And it's really well thought out and well spoken. Um, and so I call him. Over in Africa, I don't know, about a week ago. And I'm like, what are you doing? And he said, you know, they said that I didn't care about black people. And I'm a black person. Uh, now they won't, you know, they, they won't recognize at all that I am serving in Africa. So he's actually a dean of a school over in Africa in Zambia right now. Uh, and I'm trying to convince him to come back to the United States because I think his voice is so incredibly important. Pray for him and his family. His family really went through a lot. Um, but he's going to be uh, he's going to be on uh, with us in about 40 minutes. And he's going to talk about uh, uh, what is it? Ethnic res- um, uh, Gnosticism. Let me see if I got it right. It's maybe it's race Gnosticism. Um, bum. You know, ethnic Gnosticism. Gnosticism is, comes from the uh, group of Gnostics um, in the Middle Ages or, um, you know, early on in the church. And they believed some crazy stuff. They believed that you were born either knowing or not knowing. Uh, and those who were born knowing what's right and what's good, oh, they'd go to heaven. The rest of us were just doomed. 
Uh, and, and you really couldn't challenge them on anything because they knew. Well, that's kind of what's happening with eth- ethnic Gnosticism, a word that he has or a phrase that he has uh, coined. Ethnic Gnosticism, meaning, you know, if you're white, you don't get it. You never will. They'll explain it to you, but you still don't understand it um, because you're not Gnostic. You just weren't born black, so you weren't born knowing it is incredibly racist and incredibly dangerous, and he's now the Dean of Theology of African Christian University, former pastor of Grace Family Baptist Church, and uh, he's going to be with us, uh, giving us a sermon, if you will, coming up in uh, about 40 minutes. Also, did you hear about the, the terrorists that we killed in Syria with the new ninja bomb? Did you read this? Stu? No, it's but the greatest we, thing ever. We need more ninja bombs. I don't know what they do, but we need more of them. Oh, really? Do we, Mr. Racist, taking someone else's culture and appropriating <laughs> it, a ninja bomb? So what the ninja, what the ninja bomb is, is uh, this incredible uh, rocket uh, that, you know, we have. Um, let's see if I can find out what the name of that rocket is that we, we use. The Hellfire rocket. You've heard of the Hellfire missile? Yes. Mm-hmm. This is an R-9X missile. It's a modified it modified Hellfire. And the Hellfire missile is the kill radius is about 700 feet. So it can cause a lot of collateral damage. But because America is a good place, we have been trying to get that kill radius down because we don't want to kill innocent bystanders when we're targeting, you know, military leaders. So these two military leaders were in their car driving down the road uh, on Sunday and the U.S. led a strike and we we let go of one of these Hellfire R-9X missiles. Um, it doesn't explode. The kill radius is a little smaller. It's 30 inches, and it doesn't actually explode. The top of the missile comes out right before it hits, and it breaks up, and knives come out of the, of the front, and it's like it creates like a fan almost. It just slices a 30-inch hole through anything and just makes gravy out of anything standing in its way. 30 inches. People 30 inches away from the target are not affected. Yeah, America just doesn't care. We just kill everybody, don't we? Unbelievable. Tell me another country that would do that. This is the Glenn Beck Program. Somewhere in America, within the sound of my voice, there's a man popping the cap off a bottle of root beer. So cold it nearly hurts his hand to hold it. The metal cap clinks in the dark old wood off the dock and it comes to rest. The corner store on the way out, the boy decided on an old-fashioned RC cola. And the only thing the man insisted on was a, a glass bottle. Recapturing the magic of his own youth is an act of happy transference from grandfather to grandson. Fishing poles are cast. Mortifyingly cold drinks are slowly enjoyed. And the morning sun rises on the still cool waters. The boy's feet swing in beside the man. They're clad in some crazy bright imitation of cowboy boots that are at least an improvement of the ones he wore as a kid. But the man himself, 
He wears Tecovis, made by hand in 200 careful steps. Tecovis, they are just great. Tecovis, T-O-C-O-V-A-S dot com, Tecovis dot com slash Beck. Western goods for your frontiers. You can get Glenn Beck's special from last night, Stu Does America, Pat Gray Unleashed, and many more shows right at blazetv.com slash Glenn. The promo code is Glenn. Holy cow. I, can I, may I just say, the, John Bolton has zero credibility with me. Zero credibility. Anybody with me on this? Stu, Pat? Yes. I am. I don't know about Stu. You know, the, the gay character on the show is always so unpredictable. <laughs> I, I don't know which way He is unpredictable. <laughs> I'm expecting ding dong and a, like a little cousin of his is going to move in. Exactly. Uh, I'm yeah. proud to be um, in a protected just class. never know. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, but uh, uh, John Bolton, he comes out yesterday with, with uh, you know, excerpts of his book. And I have to tell you, this is despicable. To me, it's despicable. If you really believe that he was that dangerous, because he paints the picture of Donald Trump being the most dangerous person you would ever want anywhere near the White House. And and he didn't say anything. He didn't come out and just say, no, he waited for two million dollar payday. It's grotesque, grotesque. And he said, I didn't say anything because, you know, it would have it would have just all become political. Okay, so now it's all political but you got $2 million. <laughs> yeah, if it's going to be political, you might as well get the $2 million, too. <laughs> you know, just sounds bad. Great. Just I'll, bad. I'll, I'll, I, as you know, I'm a gay character. I mean, if I'm going to be gay, I might as well be gay for $2 million extra dollars. I mean, I, don't, I mean, if it's going to be gay, to either way. You, not on this program. <laughs> okay. um, so, so here's the... Uh, everybody's paid an equal wage. And don't think that through. Don't think that through. Anyway, um... <laughs> Uh, the, uh, the, the thing about, uh, you know, I had, um, Adam Carolla on last night and he, I said to him, you know, about this, this culture of, of canceling everybody. And he said, you know, Glenn, that's why I, I did what you did. You, we both did it. We created our own platform so nobody can cancel us from it. And first of all, that's not true. Um, I could be canceled from the radio, which I think I think your local radio station, especially talk, is in deep trouble, deep trouble. If this president loses this election, uh, I think we are on the verge of uh, silencing our voices like you cannot even imagine. Um, but he said, you know, I started my own platform, blah, blah, blah. And, you know, so I don't worry about it. Yeah, well, I I get that. But what about the average person? And he said, you know, you've got to just go along with it if you want to keep your job. No, you don't. There comes a point to where, you know, I can compromise. And, you know, there were things that there were things that I believe that I shall never say. But there are things. uh, But I will never say the things that I do not believe. Uh, You know, when I was at Fox, that was Rupert Murdoch's company. And I said that to Roger Ailes when I was there. Look. 
Uh, I, I'm not necessarily going to play ball and, and say the things that I don't agree with, but it's your company. And if this is causing you problems, OK, um, I'll I'll say it elsewhere. But you you still say it. You still there. There are times when you say, OK, I, I'm going to I'm going to compromise here and not be very clear because it doesn't just involve me. But when you come down to where we are in America now, I, you don't play ball with Marxists. You don't give in. Am, am I wrong? I mean, I am willing to lose everything that I have to save the country. Is it just me? Yes. <laughs> You're the only one willing uh, to do that. that it probably is just you, but um, no, it's not. If you would, yeah, I, you would, Stu. <laughs> you're not going to get on the air and say things that you don't believe because otherwise they're going to kick you off the air. Well, you would, Stu. I'm currently in the middle of you being would. becoming a gay character, even though I'm totally straight. <laughs> just to, I don't do anything for money. What are you talking about? No, I mean, of course, I, I you know, and I, I don't know. I think you're right. It, it does. It never looks good when you release this stuff in a book, right? It never does. I, you know, do I? You know, you said like it makes him sound like the worst person to ever be close to the White House. Most of the stuff I've read so far sounds like stuff Donald Trump says in negotiations and doesn't mean anything. You know, like the fact that he's saying to President Xi, hey, uh, you know, I, I, I love your concentration camp. Sounds like a great idea. Like we all know Donald Trump doesn't love concentration camps. He didn't he didn't start building them. He didn't send over crews to help build walls over at the concentration camp. What did he do because of that situation? And the answer is nothing. Nothing. It's just that he says all sorts of things that mean nothing. Yeah. He's, he's and what is constantly. And what is the difference mode? And but what is the difference between hey, your concentration camps are great. Uh, <laughs> you know, maybe I'll come. You know, maybe we can do a Trump one, and uh, it'll be an exclusive concentration. I mean, what is the difference between him saying that and Joe Biden giving a speech in front of President Z saying, you know, I, I, agree, you know, I, while it's not right for America, I see why you have your one-child policy, right. and it works well for you. Mm-hmm. What's the difference? That's a great point. What's the difference? There's no difference. Yeah. And I mean, does anybody doubt that probably half jokingly, President Trump could have said, yeah, you know what we should do is execute some of these journalists. I mean, Uh, behind the scenes, that's very possible, (laughs) but he didn't mean they should actually execute them. Did he execute any journalists is the question we all need to ask. As a matter of fact, he hasn't rounded them up like Barack Obama did. He's been much better for journalists than Barack Obama was when it comes to using the law and his power against them. Could he have said, you know what would be fun? Invading Venezuela, taking those oil. Totally. He might have said that. Totally could have said that. Totally. So what? Yeah, but I mean, did he, did he involve? Did he, did he invade not. Venezuela? He did the answer not. is no. The, the, to judge Donald Trump's presidency, it is the most efficient and intelligent thing to do is just dismiss the things he says and watch what he you does. Don't, you don't know what he says. He, again, like think of North Korea. He said he was going to annihilate the country, and mm-hmm. then like two days later, said he was a good friend of Kim Jong Un. <laughs> neither <laughs> one of those is true. Like we all know, right. neither one speaks is true. Hyperbolic. He speaks hyperbolically, and he yeah. says right. a lot of it because he thinks he's getting an advantage in a negotiation, or it's helping he, the press, also, or whatever it is. You can't just look at what he does, not what he says. That's yeah. the best way to judge his presidency. But he also says things to jar 
the thinking of others. Yeah. For instance, or himself. when they said, he actually said, let's put alligators in the water and build a moat on the southern border. <laughs> okay. Did he say that? I bet he did. But he, but he said it. I bet he said it like this. Uh, Mr. President, we can't do uh, this and we can't do that and we can't build this wall. And we, you know, we've got all these other problems. You know what? Then maybe why don't we just build a moat and put some alligators in it? Mm-hmm. Yes. I mean, yep. anybody got a problem with alligators? Let's put alligators in there. <laughs> yeah. Because you guys well aren't doing anything. Like yep. It could have happened that way. Mm-hmm. Right. And it, 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 it jars people's thinking. You know, why not? Why don't we just bomb them? Well, because, Mr. President, and if you're an old stodgy system, you need to go in there and break up the thinking. You need to go in and go, well, why haven't we thought about just bombing the snot out of them? Why haven't we just gone in there? Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. because, Mr. Mm-hmm. President, we don't because of X, Y, and Z. Well, have we thought about bombing them? Y- yes, we have. Well, I'm leaning towards bombing them. You're leaning towards giving them fruitcake. Why don't you yeah. come up with another plan and see me about it? <laughs> yeah. And then they come back. It's the Overton window. They come back with something that they wouldn't have ever done unless the president was saying, you know what? Maybe we should bomb them. <laughs> I mean, he just fundamentally communicates different than other people communicate. When, when you say something, Glenn, or Pat says something to me, what I assume is that Glenn or Pat mean the thing they're saying. They believe that thing and they're saying it because it's something they believe. When Donald Trump says things, you can't take it that way. Mm-hmm. He is in constant negotiation mode. And when he goes into these situations, he's not calculating. Of, Let me think of what my heart, my 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 held, closely held belief is, and uh, and express that to Kim Jong uh, or Kim Jong Un or President Xi. He's going in there and saying like, "What do I need to do to improve my situation? How do I get X, Y, or Z done? Let me say whatever I have to to get that done." Is that something that you should do? There are legitimate questions as to whether that's a good idea. But if you haven't priced that into Donald Trump at this point, what what are you doing? Like, I mean, this is what he's been doing since long before he was running for president. Wait, you, Glenn, how many times have you told this story about uh, Tiffany's where he said he was going to build the ugliest building in the world if they didn't give him the air rights for a building he wanted to build? He was going to build the ugliest building in the world right next to Tiffany's. It was going to basically destroy their business. Was there a chance that Donald Trump was really going to go in there and make the ugliest building in the world next to Tiffany's in the middle of New York City? My guess is it's possible with Donald Trump, which is why it's successful, but probably not. Like, he's not going to spend millions and millions of his own dollars just to make a point against Tiffany's. Right. Right. But 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 the Tiffany's didn't know that. They didn't know. You know, I, I haven't talked about I haven't talked about a phone call that I have. I talked about this on the air. Well, well, I mean, you I have, have to go deeper than a phone call. I, I, you, I assume you've had several. You know what phone call I'm talking about. Uh, I got a phone call from the oh. president a few months back. Uh, and we spoke for about a half an hour. And it was, it was fascinating. Fascinating. I learned a lot about him. Uh, and uh, he, said, he said to me, uh, Good for you, knowing the Tiffany story. Not a lot of people know that. I said, yeah, well, I've done my homework. Uh, And uh, he said, uh, good for you. Meaning, because we were talking about something else. We were talking about trade. And I said, I just assume that you're doing some of the Tiffany stuff. And he said, what do you mean by that? And I told him that, you know, I started telling him the story. And that's when he said, good for you. And it it was almost in... Uh, of a fashion of saying that as 
uh, you understand. Most don't. And that's what you have to understand about Donald Trump. First of mm-hmm. all, he has diarrhea of the mouth. Uh, I mean, you know, my my mother used to say, Glenn, you've got diarrhea of the mouth, which means just crap just shoots out of my mouth. And, you know, you'll find pieces of something that was for dinner three weeks ago. It has nothing to do with what you had dinner, <laughs> you know, last night. And uh, and uh, and that's what he has. There's things mm-hmm. that just shoot out of his mouth. Uh, and others are very calculated and you can't dismiss when he's in a room of hostels like he was with Tiffany's. Absolutely. That he isn't saying things to shake them to the core. And, you know, the other thing that I think you were alluding to with your analogy was that uh, uh, John Bolton was there for how long? How long was he a part of this? How long? If you had this big a problem with this president, you should have gotten out and said something much sooner than now. If you really believe that he is the problem that you're making him out to be, that he is dangerous to America, well, then you should have quit and you should have made your feelings known and understood loud and clear a long time ago. Otherwise, exactly right. otherwise you're just you so doing much. it for your own purposes. You're doing it from, I mean, if, it's, if that's not cashing in uh, on, and, and trading your mm-hmm. country's security... Uh, for cash, if it's not one of the most grotesque things I've I've ever seen, and I I say this about the people who wrote the Obama books, the people that write any of these things, wait a minute, you're holding back critical information, and you're doing it for money. It's it's grotesque, absolutely grotesque. All right, back in just a minute. Thank you very much, Pat Gray. I need my uh, commercial copy. I don't have it. Who am I? I want to talk to you a little bit about Blinds.com. Blinds.com, we just were on the phone last week, I think, uh, with Blinds.com. We just called them up like you do and got a uh, designer on the phone because Tanya and I, you know, I I know what I want and know what it looks like. Tanya, it was really weird. Tanya said to me, and I I didn't appreciate this, uh, we're doing some things to our house. And I said, you know, imagine this and this and this. And she said, I can't. And I said, what do you mean? It, it, look at this picture and then look here. It's, it'll be kind of like that. And she said, I, I can't do that. And it's weird because I have that kind of imagination. And I just assumed that everybody had some of that. And she doesn't. Um, and so I really have to uh do picture boards for her and stuff and then when it comes to ordering things online i have absolutely no idea so we called blinds.com we got their interior designer on this woman was amazing uh without looking through anything she said she we just did a facetime thing with her and we showed her the room and she said okay uh how do you want it to feel and i told her and she said, okay, I think you, I think we got to go into this kind of fabric and this color. I'm like, okay, whatever. And uh, she said, there are three colors kind of like that in three fabrics, but I think this one would be best because of X, Y, and Z. She sends them to us, all these different samples. And the one she just said off the top of her head was exactly right. I mean, exactly the right color. And how she got that over FaceTime is beyond me. There are experts, and it's free. They make it so easy, and you'll save a buttload of money if you go to Blinds.com right now. Blinds.com. Use the promo code BECK for shade, shutters, drapes, anything for window treatments. It's Blinds.com. Promo code BECK. You're listening to Glenn Beck.
I have to tell you, I don't know how police officers are doing it, especially in Atlanta. Yesterday, did you see they they came out and they charged this police officer with murder, uh, which is I've watched the whole video. I, I don't know how you arrive at that. But what's worse is even the New York Times has pointed out when this first happened that the D.A. is running for reelection and the New York Times was afraid that they might they might try to politicize this. Well, the state of Georgia, the Bureau of Investigation, came out yesterday and said they asked us to investigate this. We have just begun our investigation, haven't made any recommendations. And we were shocked when the D.A. came out with uh, with the charges. Wow. You know what else is interesting uh, I, I about mean, that? This is, is the D.A., Paul Howard, two weeks ago declared that tasers are a deadly weapon. We're, yes. Okay, well, he yes. had a deadly weapon then, and he was defending himself exactly against right. a deadly weapon. Really strange. Stuff. No, no, he didn't have a deadly weapon. They should have found some other way to deal with it. Yeah. I mean, you Jeez. can't say it's a deadly weapon when in the hands of police, and then uh-huh. when it's in the hands of somebody else, not say it's a deadly weapon. Well, it's, it's crazy. My issue here is that, look, the guy was running away. Why not shoot him in the toes? If you just hit his little toe, <laughs> he he's going to fall. Anymore, he wouldn't be able right? to run anymore. Little toe yeah. first, not the big toe. You don't go for the big toe. No, that would, be too, much, toe that would be too much force. <laughs> uh, but if you got his little toe, yes. then he would fall to the ground okay. and you'd be able to apprehend him. Really? And the, the cop didn't want to do that because yeah, he's police, obviously racist. Right. Really? Police union Good said uh, they didn't have a blue out last night. They, they, but people weren't calling in sick. But a lot of calls in Atlanta went unanswered, apparently, yesterday. And... I don't blame you, cops. It's, nobody seems to be on your side. Glenn Beck program. Just because you can boil water doesn't mean you should run a restaurant. And the same logic goes for identity theft protection. You may be good at monitoring your credit, but that doesn't make you an authority on it. Plus, with data breaches that seem to happen more and more, your personal information could end up anywhere. And with your breached information, criminals can commit identity theft, which is even more reason to use a pro. Because on your own, you can miss certain identity threats, like someone taking out a payday loan in your name or selling your information on the dark web. That's where LifeLock comes in. They see a wide range of identity threats. Now, nobody can prevent all identity theft or monitor all transactions at all businesses. But if you end up with an identity theft issue, a dedicated team of specialists will work with you to fix it. So keep boiling water like a champ, but leave the identity theft protection to LifeLock. Join now and save up to 25% off your first year. Go to lifelock.com. Use the promo code BECK. That's lifelock.com. Promo code BECK for 25% off. Where do we all turn when things fall apart? Well, if you're like me, you lean on things that stand the test of time. Your closest friends, your family, or a cherished movie that re-inspires. The classics are made to last, and that's why we turn to them in good times and bad. I have one of those beloved things in my life. It's my Tecovis cowboy boots. At Tecovis, they don't see themselves as just makers of quality boots and Western goods. They believe that a good pair of boots can change the way people feel about themselves. Now, why is that? Why is it that something that you put on your feet can change the way you feel inside? Because the boots are a manifestation of things that last. Boots that can weather the storm and walk confidently to the other side. Cowboy boots are, and have always been, for the frontiers ahead. Find your pair at tecovis.com slash back and face the day comfortably and confidently like the generations before. 
for generations to come. Tecovas, T-E-C-O-V-A-S dot com slash back. Tecovas dot com slash back. So uh, this morning I got up and had a built bar because uh, there was no... Well, I, I had to get rid of Aunt Jemima and Mrs. Butterworth. And, uh, man, I had to chase those racists out of my house. So I had a built bar. Uh, built bar is tremendous, tremendous. Their uh, coconut, their banana chocolate, their brownie. I, I mean, it tastes like a candy bar. They use real chocolate, but it's 150 calories. And it's a protein bar. And protein bars are a big turnoff for me because they always taste like I'm eating gravel. Uh, and, uh, my wife's been eating them for a while and she's a health nut and she's in shape and everything else. I eat them like candy bars, but anyway, uh, they're built bars. I had one. I was so impressed. I called built bar and asked them to come on and sponsor the program. Use the promo code Beck right now. And because you're a listener of mine, you're going to get $10 off your first order. It's a huge deal. Use the promo code Beck for $10 off at builtbar.com. Go there now. If you'd like to eat help. No. If you hate to eat healthy, but would like to eat healthy, but you need it to taste really good, go to BuiltBar.com. That's BuiltBar.com. Make sure you use the promo code Beck. An incredible hour coming up next. I am so excited to introduce you to a man next uh, who I can't believe I didn't know in the past. Somehow our paths never crossed. He has been pretty much chased out of America because of his views on social justice. Uh, it's He was smeared and blackballed and, and everything else. He's now in Africa. I'm trying to convince him to come back to America, his home. Uh, and America needs his voice right now. It is what he has to say is so powerful and so clear and so without uh, guile, vitriol. Uh, it's just peaceful. And I want you to hear Dr. Vadi Bacham. He is next. Stand by for an incredible hour. This is the Glenn Beck Program. Sometimes saving money is like the positive version of, uh, you know, death of a thousand cuts. You scrimp a penny here or two and uh, and you get a off brand name from time to time, you know, except for the Oreos. Don't ever buy off brand Oreos. But I digress. Never buy. Never buy those. But always look for things that will save you money. And you begin to see a difference in your finances right now. It may not be good enough just to buy off brands and save a penny here and there. The economy has gone crazy, and there's no guarantee that it's not going to go even more crazy before it writes itself. In fact, I think we're coming up to uh, I think we're coming up to massive, massive problems, but that's just me. Save 
hundreds of dollars a month right now, maybe even a thousand. If you are paying over 4% on your mortgage or if you have high percentage debts that could be consolidated, a refi just might be the best thing you can do. This is the part where I tell you to set aside 10 minutes today just to make one phone call to American Financing. Uh, American Financing can show you how to save this money, and they'll tell you within 10 minutes whether you're they're going to be able to help you or not. Um, this is a family-owned business. They have you covered coast-to-coast. Coast. I really like these people. It's American Financing, 800-906-2440. 800-906-2440. It's AmericanFinancing.net. American Financing, NMLS, 182334, www.nmlsconsumeraccess.org. So a couple of weeks ago, uh, I get up here at the ranch and a friend of mine writes to me and said, Glenn, you need to watch this video. And it was on ethnic Gnosticism. Uh, normally, something like ethnic Gnosticism doesn't jump out at people. But I am a I'm actually a fan. I when I went to uh, uh, college for about 10 minutes, um, Gnostics were part of what I studied and they were it was a crazy it's a crazy philosophy uh, that there are just some people who are born knowing uh, and others who just will never get it. So if you're born knowing, you're going to go to heaven because you're saved because um, you get it. And the others, they're just never going to get it. So ethnic Gnosticism piqued my interest. And I watched it and I thought, why haven't I heard of this guy before? A guy who grew up in uh, California um you know if you if you if you uh if you're looking for the truth today you're looking for it from a guy who has lived it who has walked the walk who has done the real research and study uh and can come at things with a simple peaceful quiet delivery that is uh vadi uh Bacham. he is a doctor of uh theology and uh he's got several degrees houston baptist university southwestern baptist southwestern baptist theological seminary honorary degree from southern california uh, seminary uh and postgraduate study at the university of oxford england he's he has nine children been married since 1989 and currently lives in zambia because of the heat that he received uh, when he started talking about these things just a few years ago, uh, and uh, all of his opportunities closed up because of the exact kind of cancel culture that we're talking about now, but you need to hear his voice. So we have, do we have Skype? Uh, do we have the um, uh, Skype connection? And I'm sorry, is is it Vody? Yes, sir. Okay, Vody, you, I got to tell you, you look like Moses, man. You're, this is great. Um, uh, thank you for coming on. I know that you have gone through a lot with your family, uh, and you're now serving the African community in Zambia, but I wish you were here. Um, let's talk a little bit about ethnic Gnosticism and, and teach the American people what is really going on here. Yeah. Well, first, uh, thank you for having me on. Thank you for giving me this opportunity. Um, just, I want to say that we came here, we've been here almost five years, and really it was the Lord calling us here to be a part of the work that, that he was doing here. Um, but you, you are correct in that uh, things were difficult. 
issues and coined the term ethnic Gnosticism. And, you know, as you've said, the, the idea that there are certain people who have special knowledge. And what we're seeing right now in our culture, what we've been seeing for a while, is the idea oppressed uh, groups. I would say minority groups, but um, that's not really the way we talk about it. Because, for example, we talk about women as one of these oppressed groups, and they're actually not a minority. They're the majority. Um, but when you belong to an you have a special knowledge as it relates to oppression that other people do not and cannot understand. And it's rather ironic because what we hear all the time is you need to, right? You, you, you have to listen to us so that you can understand us. But the premise of ethnic, one of us, you literally cannot understand us. Okay, let me re- um, let me restate and, and, this here because his Skype is <laughs> his Skype is kind of uh, catching a couple of times. You have to cut some slack okay. here because he's he, he's from Zambia. He's calling us via Skype from Zambia. Uh, so uh, it, this is an amazing uh, thing that I think we can have it this uh, this good. You just said that uh, the uh, the oppressed groups will know they have they're the Gnostics. They know. And the others who are not in a, in that oppressed group, they can never know. They just, they even if you explain it to them, they can't really know. Yeah, and so it's a, it's really a catch twenty two, for understand um, people who have a desire to do the right thing, um, a desire to have a better understanding and sympathize and empathize with others. Um, You're essentially told that it's not possible. We're also told that when it comes to understanding the truth of these issues, that the truth is not necessarily determined by evidence per se. It's determined by the experience This is so frustrating. The experience of uh, that oppressed group, I'm assuming he's uh, saying, are you there? Yes. Okay. Yes. Yeah. So so we are, I mean, yeah, I tell you what, let me just take a quick break and then we'll try to reconnect. But um, when you come back, I I really want to, I did a special last night where I talked about how this is a cult. This is a religion. Uh, and what you're describing is religious in its nature. I mean, the Gnostics were a a religion, uh, and it's got all of the earmarks of a religion, which means that there's a never-ending supply of souls that need to be saved. But in this case, they can never really be saved because they'll never really know. Uh, and it allows you to have this wiggle room of, well, evidence doesn't matter because this is a faith. And it's very, very dangerous. We'll reconnect uh, and uh, and continue our conversation. I, I hope that we can get a good connection here. I'm trying to convince him to come back to the United States as soon as this COVID thing is over, um, and uh, and spend some time because I, I you just need to hear him uh, speak 
and hear what he has to say. He takes on social justice and ethnic Gnosticism uh, and what's going on right now in America. He takes it head on and he speaks with real knowledge and experience. We'll come back to him just a second from Zambia. Uh, Life is complicated and tricky enough to navigate on your own during normal times. So when you're, you know, when you're not feeling fine, when you're in pain, things go even more sideways. It's no way to live. Talked about Pete and Seth Talbot on the program before, father and son duo that uh, founded Relief Factor. And Pete and Seth started out years ago with a vision for helping people out who live with pain. And they succeeded at that mission. Most of our pain is caused by inflammation in the body. And a lot of times the things we take uh, to uh, fight it just don't rise to the occasion or they just mask the pain. Debilitating pain I have known. And if you know it, even, you know what, even if it's just the regular aches and pains, please try this. When uh, when I discovered Relief Factor, because my wife is smarter than me, um, my life changed. Relief Factor, not a drug. Developed by doctors, 70% of the people who try Relief Factor go on to buy more because it works for them. So try the three-week quick start trial pack for only nineteen ninety-five. It's relieffactor.com or call 800-500-8384. That's 800-500-8384. It's relieffactor.com. 10 seconds, station ID. So Vodi Bacham is a dean of theology at the African Christian University. Um, he is with us now from Zambia. We've reconnected with him. So, so tell us how how this breaks apart and how this is really kind of an anti-Christ sort of message, Vodi. Yes, and this is why this is really concerning to me because our knowledge. We understand our knowledge comes from God, that God is the source of all knowledge. We understand that the scriptures are sufficient, and we go to the Bible to understand truth. And we look at the world the way the world is. God made the world in such a way that we can do real science, for example, because there are things that we can expect from an orderly universe that was made by an intelligent creator. So, as Christians, these are the ways that we seek for truth, not through special individuals who have special knowledge. We don't reduce our faith to the testimony of others. We build our faith on the testimony of God. Right. This seems to be almost a... um a regression back to the dark ages when you had to go to the priest because you couldn't read the language you couldn't own a bible yourself and it what what freed mankind was getting those middlemen out of the way you had the power to find truth on your own you were smart enough and you could live it and if you did the work you could find truth now we're saying in almost every front no, no, no. You need a middleman. You can't decide that. You're not smart enough. And you just don't. Now, this one is you will never be smart enough if you're white. You will never have this knowledge. Yeah. And there are a number of people, uh, John McCorder and others, who have uh, likened this movement, uh, the 
sort of anti-racism movement to a religion mm -hmm. and you hit the nail on the head there is this idea of saints and sinners uh jim wallace uh wrote a book and the title of his book was america's mm -hmm. original sin and so again there are these this these religious connotations here and what worries me about this is that th there are real problems there are there's real racism there's real evil yeah. there's real hatred there's real injustice and the answer to those things is a god who saves through the person and work of christ that's that's our message as christians right mm -hmm. or, or at least it used to be now the message is the answer is something other than the forgiveness that we find through god in christ now the answer is somehow you have to do enough penance and it's been interesting to watch scenes of white people literally kneeling and bowing and genuflecting in 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 repentance you know over over their sin of of white privilege or you know uh bias or conscious bias or unconscious bias or whatever else and the problem with this is that this religion is promising salvation somewhere other than god and unfortunately there are many christians who are sounding like they're rather satisfied with this oh yeah i i'm i'm struck with you know i've i've been uh ringing the bell against social justice for ever since i discovered it you know uh what 15 years ago uh and said this this and collective salvation and the teachings of wallace and everybody else is is evil it is it is the it's an upside down world from what god uh wants i'm struck by the fact that an earmark of anything that i think would be evil would be there is no forgiveness that that that, that is the most unchristian kind of thing i've ever heard there's god if there is a god that does not forgive us then everything we know about Christianity is wrong. And I don't want to live in that world. But we're now being told that there is no forgiveness, even if you beg for forgiveness. And it, uh, I see people bowing down, and part of me understands and says, okay, well, we all want to get along. I, th I think this plays on the best part of us, but our biggest Achilles heel. People want to get along. They want people to feel good. And I, you know, if I, if I can help in this situation by saying, man, I'm really sorry that you feel that way. I'm really, uh, uh, it, it does bother me that you've gone through this, but that's not what's happening here. Uh, what's happening here is I, I'm really sorry you went through this, but then I have to extend it out to, and I am somehow involved in this. I somehow am the cause of your current pain and crisis. And that doesn't make any sense to me. And I think you hit on something that's very important when you say that that doesn't make any sense to me. I think what's happening is people are having two different discussions and they don't realize that they're having two different discussions. Uh, people right. look at, some, for example, like the George Floyd death and they see this tragic situation and on the one hand, uh, th there's just universal condemnation of what happened. Um, I, I, I haven't heard of anyone. I'm sure there's, you know, somebody out there. Who, uh, I haven't heard any either. And 
kidnap or whatever, but universally they condemn this. But then what happens is people are explaining this in two different ways. There are some people who are saying, see, there's the racism. And there are other people who are saying, wait, you know, there's four officers, two black, one Asian, one white. This white officer did this. How, how, how do we just declare that this is racism? And, and what that's an example of is these two competing worldviews. Um, one worldview that says racism is individual. It's an individual heart issue. And that's the world where we deal with the individual heart issue with the message of the gospel. But then there's another worldview that says, no, 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 no. Regardless of the individual heart issue, this is a structural and institutional issue. Therefore, and this is what boggles people's minds. Sometimes they'll say, it doesn't matter what the facts of the case are. Uh This is evident structural and institutional racism. And what that's doing is it's driving people apart because we're having two different conversations that don't make sense to each other because there's rules to this that are, for some people, not understood and for others are, are so clear that they don't even need to be spoken. So I want to, I want to, uh, I, I want to take a quick break because we only have about a minute left. Uh, and I, I want to take a quick break and come back to you and ask you about social justice and white privilege. Uh, because you say those are lies uh, and are t- are taking us down uh, uh, the wrong road. Um, and I want you to talk specifically to those people because I have a lot of them in this audience that are going to church and they're hearing talk of social justice. Um, Catholics in particular say social justice isn't bad because they, they kind of go off of this old meaning of social justice from the 1800s, but that was hijacked long ago. Um, so I want you to take on social justice and, uh, and talk to the pastors and the preachers and the priests uh, and the people who are listening uh, and trying to do the right thing uh, on where they might be going wrong and what we should be doing. We'll do that in a second. Thank you so much for being with us. Um, we're going to be back in uh, just a second uh, with, uh, with more. You, you have to watch his YouTube videos. We'll, we'll link them and send them out on social media. Um, but he gives these sermons that are so right on the money and so well-spoken and so clear and clarifying that uh, it's no wonder the left has come after him and his family as hard as they have. Uh, it's, um, it's a remarkable thing, quite honestly, how evil works. Back in a minute. This is the Glenn Beck Program. Do you know some people go running with their dogs? I mean, I saw this the other day, and I shook my head in disgust. I'm like, oh, my gosh. I mean, you might have to stay healthy and happy and everything else, but why are you forcing your dog to go running for in the godforsaken heat, no less? I mean, it makes me sick what some people will do. Anyway, the other day, uh, the other thing the uh, the dogs need, uh, you know, 
the running thing, they can do that on their own. Nutrients, vitamins, minerals, antioxidants, probiotics, omega oils, the list goes on and on. I mean, I'm so upset about this, honestly, because my wife keeps asking me, and I'm like, I am not your dog. Come on, just go run away. I am not your dog. I am going to lay here on the carpet, and I am going to sleep and drool all over the floor. Anyway, if your dog is getting dog food, you know, especially dry kibble, they're not getting all of the things that they need, the nutrients, the vitamins, minerals, antioxidants, and the probiotics. That's really important. It's not a dog food. You put it on your dog's food, and uh, you won't have to take them running because they'll do all the running themselves. Give your dog Rough Greens, R-U-F-F, greens.com slash Beck, roughgreens.com slash Beck. Do it today. And you can check out blazetv.com slash Glenn. If you use the promo code Glenn, you'll get 10 bucks off your subscription to Blaze TV. Supreme Court just came out with another ruling. It's not going to make you happy. Apparently, the Obama executive order cannot be overturned with a Trump executive order. Uh, I don't even understand how that works. We have a lot of commentary on this coming up in just a minute. Uh, But uh, let me just say this. Not going to come as a surprise. John Roberts sided with the liberals, which is now becoming the most redundant sentence ever uttered. Of course he did. Um, we have uh, Dr. Vodi Bacham on with us. He is the Dean of Theology of African Christian University. He's on Skype with us from Zambia. Uh, and I want to I talk to you uh, about a couple of things. We have about 15 minutes here left. So can you, can you please explain the difference between social justice that a Christian would understand uh, and the social justice that is now being preached from many of our pulpits that is an anti-Christian message? Well, social justice has been understood clearly for a while, and social justice is distributive justice. Social justice is about uh, redistributing um, resources and opportunities. Uh, Social justice is not the same as the biblical idea and the biblical concept of justice. You also need to understand that Uh, Social justice is built on uh, the back of critical theory, which is all about the idea of, you know, hegemony and power structures. And hegemony may sound like a big academic word. It just means that uh, there's a power structure that exists because of the individuals who set the rules of the game. And they did it in order to... Critical theory is Marxist. I just want to throw that in, correct? That's a Karl Marx theory. Yes. Absolutely. Yes, okay. yes most assuredly. All right, go ahead. Yeah. And so the idea is that the, the, the power structure comes from uh, the elites who establish things. They, they, they set the rules of the game, and they set the rules of the game in order to benefit themselves and, and their posterity. And everybody else is oppressed because they're not part of the hegemony. This, by the way, is why women, although they're a majority, are considered an oppressed minority because the hegemony is white, male, 
Christian, heterosexual, cisgendered, you know, on and on and on and on and on. Okay. Um, and so social justice is about really transferring power from those in the hegemony to those in oppressed groups. Uh, the individual doesn't matter. And again, this is why this bothers me so much, because as a Christian and as a minister of the gospel, I preach Christ and him crucified. I preach the, the work that he has done and that we need to receive personally. If, if we get into this critical theory business where everything becomes structural, all of a sudden this gospel has to either be transformed into something that the Bible doesn't recognize or mm-hmm. it has to be figured out. And so this social justice movement, Black Lives Matter, for example, anyone who reads what they believe will see that they are anti-Christian. They are fundamentally anti-Christian. Um, and so this this whole idea, this whole idea of the social justice movement, and I get a lot of flack for it because, you know, either you have conscious bias or unconscious bias, or you have internalized bias if you don't, mm-hmm. you know, buy this Jiminy, mm-hmm. right? Um, you know, so it's interesting how uh, critical theory sort of hedges itself in and protects itself on all sides. Oh, right. Um, it's a, it's a, it's the same as witch hunts. It's same as witch hunts. Yeah. I mean, you know, that's exactly what a witch would say. <laughs> well, uh, I mean, how do you defend yourself? So let me ask. Yeah. Let me ask. I, I have two more questions for you. First of all. Um, the people that I know, the white people that I, the Americans that I know, first of all, this is happening all over the world. This is not an American problem. It's not a white person problem. Uh, you know, the Chinese have concentration camps for people who are different than them. This is the oldest story, and it is the internal struggle of each individual as well as a society. Um, but the white people that I know, we're all... we're. This is not 1956. It's not 1968. It's not. It's not 1988. We we're fine. We want people to be equal. This system is corrupted. Our founding system is so corrupted that it is causing all kinds of problems. We've never really you know lived up to the Declaration of Independence, but we all want to, or most of us want to. But we feel like we're just absolutely under attack. And this kind of message is going to make race relations much worse. How do we help? How do what do we do without playing into the evil of Marxism? Yeah, and, and I'm, I'm going to tell you, I this is one of the things that really bothers me about this. I you know, on social media since the 22nd of, of, of May, but these messages have been out there for years. I've been talking about this for years um, and have really been frustrated uh, with this and with the way that the attacks come. Um, I, I've been trying to talk about this from the perspective of the big picture. And unfortunately, mm-hmm. when you talk about it from the, the big picture, people tend to think, oh, you just don't have empathy. You just don't have compassion. You just don't understand mm-hmm. how bad it is. Um, me, who who grew up in drug-infested, gang-infested South Central L.A., born in 1969, grew up during the crack era, grew up during the crack wars, if you will, 
raised by a single teenage Buddhist mother. I wasn't raised in Christianity, never heard the gospel until I got to the to, to university. And so for people to try to marginalize me because I don't understand, I've been pulled over by the cops. I've been down on the sidewalk because I was in the wrong place at the wrong time. I know these kinds of things happen. And yet I still say that these ideologies are poisonous and they have to be confronted because these ideologies actually undermine our message as Christians. I'm concerned about people. I'm concerned about justice. I'm concerned about souls. And I know where this stuff comes from. I understand where it comes from. And I am not willing to lay down my Bible and have anyone force me to agree with certain things simply because if I don't, they will, you know, they will somehow label me and call me names. I couldn't care less about people labeling me and calling me names. I know who I am before God. Uh, my conscience is clear. And so hmm. I, I am, I'm worried about this like you. I'm also an American who, as an expat in a foreign country, uh, I've been to dozens of countries in the world. And there's two things that I know. Number one, black people in America are the freest and most prosperous black people in the world. Period. Bar none. The second thing is this, people outside of America think that we are the most oppressed people in the world. And, and people actually think that things like George Floyd are happening every day, that they're not an anomaly, but that they're commonplace. And the reputation as uh, outside of our borders it sickens me and it saddens me, but also the reputation that black people have, that somehow we are weak and impotent and that we can't do or be anything unless white people do it for us, which, by the way, is kind of racist. I, I believe <laughs> that by race, I am a descendant of some of the strongest people in the history of the world. We overcame slavery. And now we're bowing and scraping like we need somebody to do something for us. Our individuality is at stake. Our self-pride is at stake. And our trust in God as the answer and solution to our problems is at stake. And so for me, uh, this, is a, this is a very complex issue, but it's one that I'm very passionate about. I, I will tell you that I am, I am struck by... Uh, well, the first time I went to Israel, and I honestly didn't know much about the politics of the region. And I was walking down the street in the old city, and there's a place where the Palestinian section stops. It's just one street, one one place. It's just an archway that separates the Jewish quarter from the Palestinian quarter. And you walk through it, and one is dirty and dingy and dark, and the other is light and bright and clean. And you are within five feet of of both of those things and uh and it struck me that one side just says i don't care what anybody else says i'm doing this and the other side is has been told for so long it's because of them they're stopping you and i'm the only one that can help you and it stifles growth i think the 
the black community has been lied to by the progressive movement uh, really almost since Booker T. Washington uh, died. I mean, they were lied to before that. But when Booker T. died, there was a there was a shift from we can do this. We don't need anybody. We can do this. And it's been this constant battle of no, no, no. You're being oppressed even now. You don't even know it, and you'll never get out unless these people. My dad used to say to me, life isn't a series of things that happen to you, Glenn. Life is what you do with those things. And that's the most depressing thing about the message that's coming out of Black Lives Matter is you're oppressed. You'll never be able to do anything about it unless these people are gone. Well, that that's there's no empowerment in that yeah very little hope uh, that's another thing that i'm hearing is that th- there's there very little hope and if our only hope is that you know certain people um begin to have empathy or begin to do whatever it is that we think certain people need to do then we have no hope my my hope is in god my hope is in christ my hope is not in America. Uh, my hope is not in, in in white people, black people. And my hope is in God. My hope is in Christ. And and what, what worries me also is as an academic, I mean, I'm a dean. And um, I'm sure you saw that anonymous email that went out from the, the Berkeley professor. Mm-hmm. That, mm-hmm. This is an anonymous black people. professor. Yeah, there are people in academia who are not free to investigate issues and do honest academic work. And so what we're left with is these simplistic answers, right? Um, And so you have people who quote statistics on this side versus people who quote statistics on that side, right? Two and a half times more likely to be shot by police, 18 and a half times more likely to, you know, shoot police officers, whatever, right? And, and in both instances, we're giving these simplistic answers where the truth is something that's complex. And so if we have automatically said anybody who picks the statistics from this column is evil and shouldn't mm-hmm. be listened to, then we've also said that we are not going to honestly pursue complex answers to complex issues and what that means is we're going to use white people or use black people rather we're going to use their story we're going to use their suffering in order to advance our cause glenn that's what's been happening for decades and what has it gotten us and so here we are we have black mayors black police chiefs you know, we you know we have a president who who's a, a bi-ethnic president. You know, and, and, you know all of these you know, senators and everything else, right? But by the testimony of black people themselves, the feeling is that things are actually not better. The feeling is that the questions haven't been answered, and so the frustration grows and the hopelessness grows. And the alienation grows. And what I'm saying is we're looking for answers in the wrong places. Let's do the hard work. Ask hard questions. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I would love to have you back on again and uh, would love to bring you to the United States. I 
Uh, your voice really needs to be amplified. Thank you so much for being on with us. We'll have you on again. Uh, my best of luck. I don't even know what time it is in Zambia. What time is it? Uh, in the afternoon? Is, is it in the afternoon? More in the afternoon, almost. Yeah, yeah. we're six hours right. ahead. Well, thank you so much for... Yeah, thank you so much. God bless you. And uh, stay safe. God bless we are going to post his uh, videos. I'll send them out and uh, and send them out on our social media page. You need to hear his sermons. They are fantastic. Uh, Norton is our sponsor, protecting data from people who would love nothing more than to steal your data. One of the highest orders in today's digital world. Um, Norton 360 will help you stay more private and more secure in today's connected world by working to keep those prying eyes out. When Norton 360, if you have this, it, you'll get real-time protection against existing and emergent threats to your information. Now, this is... This, to me, is the most important thing, a VPN that operates on bank-grade encryption. That means Google's not going to be able to track you and what you're doing. That is so incredibly important. A password manager that easily and securely creates stores and manages passwords and a whole lot more. Norton 360, your key to better cybersecurity and peace of mind. Nobody can prevent all cybercrime, but Norton 360 is a powerful ally for your cyber safety. Get up to 50% off your first year with an annual subscription at Norton.com slash Beck. That's Norton.com slash Beck, up to 50% off. You're listening to Glenn Beck. Hello, America. This is the Glenn Beck program. We're glad you're here. I want you to join me for something very, very special on July 2nd from the Standing Rock Ranch, my ranch. Uh, something that I think is powerful, poignant, has answers, and is what you're looking for. As all of us struggle through these days, don't miss my special. It'll be happening on July 2nd, live from the Standing Rock Ranch. We'll give you all the details coming up. This is the Glenn Beck Program. America is ready to get back to work, but to win in this new economy, you need every advantage you can get to succeed. Smart companies run on NetSuite by Oracle, the world's number one cloud business system. With NetSuite, you're going to have visibility and control over all of your financials, HR, inventory, e-commerce, and so much more. Everything you need all in one place. So whether you're doing a million or hundreds of millions in sales, NetSuite by Oracle lets you manage every penny with precision and you'll have the ability to compete with anyone, work from anywhere, and run your whole company right from your phone. Join over 20,000 companies who trust NetSuite to make it happen. NetSuite surveyed hundreds of business leaders and assembled a playbook of the top strategies that they're using as America reopens for business and you can get that guide free right now. Just go to NetSuite.com slash Beck. That's NetSuite.com slash Beck. If you don't know your numbers, you don't know your business netsuite.com slash back hey everybody knows paypal but did you know that they were teaming up with honey to save you money 
Honey is the free online shopping tool that automatically finds the best promo codes and applies them to your cart. And now it's part of the PayPal family. Just add Honey to your computer and shop on all of your favorite sites like normal. When it comes to checkout, just click the little Apply Coupons button when it pops up. A few seconds later, Honey scans the database for all the working coupons on the web and watch your price drop. Honey works on nearly every online store, Walmart, DoorDash, Home Depot, uh, Lululemon, Macy's. Honey has found over $2 billion in savings. That's why they have over 100,000 five-star reviews on Google Chrome Store. Not using Honey is literally passing up free money. It is free to use and installs in just a couple of seconds. Get money for free by joining Honey. Joinhoney.com slash Beck. That's joinhoney.com slash Beck. Let me give you our uh, spotlight sponsor uh, of the hour. It is realestateagentsitrust.com. Realestateagentsitrust, whether you're a buyer or seller, um, in this economy, it feels like you could be rolling the dice, hoping to, you know, to hit a seven or whatever. I don't even know what number you're supposed to hit. Is it a seven, Stu? Be seven or eleven. Uh, you also want to avoid seven a lot. That's that's the main thing. You don't even say that number around the table. Okay, well that game makes sense. Anyway, there's no guarantee <laughs> that uh, the housing market is going to stay stable. But uh, right now, it looks like. Uh, it's good, especially if you don't live in New York City or Los Angeles. Um, I want you to have the best real estate agent you can find. And I'm not telling you to just blindly go with this person. I say interview this person. This is somebody that we have interviewed. We have uh, looked at all of the best business practices of real estate agents and can recommend somebody that we feel is the best in your area. But do your own homework. Just uh, let us know at realestateagentsitrust.com. This is a free service to you. We will give you the email and phone number of a real estate agent, and then you call them and interview them. See if you don't agree with us. This is the real estate agent you can trust. Realestateagentsitrust.com. Go there now. Realestateagentsitrust.com. Holy cow, I just saw an article uh, about protesting and how you can protest and let your voice be heard. And in the same magazine was how to host a virtual 4th of July. So don't leave the house if you want to celebrate the birthday of your country. But if you want to protest, have at it, gang. When I hear Dr. Fauci come out and tell me anything, I no longer believe any of them. And maybe it's just me. I know COVID is real. I've done my own homework. But I have this just overwhelming feeling because of the way it's been handled. Uh, They don't believe any of this stuff. So what should we believe? Matt Ridley has looked at this. He's going to give us an update on what we now know about the coronavirus. And also, how does he feel about... uh, Protesters are fine. Everybody else, stay in your house. Does the coronavirus actually know the difference between a protester and one celebrating the nation? This is the Glenn Beck Program. 
All in one minute. Uh, let me uh, let me get to our gold line commercial for you um, real quickly. I there was a story today, and I don't know where it is. Ah, uh, but there was a story today that I wanted to get to uh, about the Fed now buying stocks. Uh, how gold is surging throughout the world. There is a rush on U.S. dollars because everything else is collapsing. Uh, and there is a rush on gold. And there's not enough physical gold right now for some of the demand in some parts of the world. I don't buy gold as uh, an investment. I really don't. I buy it as, a, as an insurance policy against insanity. Because eventually when the world just goes off, I mean, it's already off the rails. Eventually, we're going to pay for this. And when you're when the dollar begins to fall, uh, the world's going to go to chaos and you're going to lose a lot of money. And the world usually returns to gold. Well, always has returned to gold as the gold standard. So please um, just look into it. I'm not asking you to buy it. I'm just asking you to do your own homework on this. You're smart enough to figure it out. Ask them why and how I buy gold because I buy it from Goldline at one eight six six Goldline one eight six six Goldline. They're ready for your phone call right now, and I urge you to do this. Not to go on the phone and buy it today. Get on the phone and get the information today. Eight six six Goldline eight six six Goldline or Goldline dot com. Matt Ridley is the author of How Innovation Works, uh, recent theories also on the coronavirus. I've been following his, uh, his tweets. He's, his website, therationaloptimist.com, and he joins us now. Are you in London today still, Matt? No, Glenn, I'm in Newcastle in northern England, so uh, uh, not okay. in London, but, uh, but up north. Well, for the, re- for the rest of you know, America, mm, that's still London. You know yeah, what I mean? fair enough. <laughs> yeah, there's nothing. Yeah. Uh, anyway, uh, so, uh, Matt, uh, I, I want to talk to you a, a little bit about as we start to go back to work, we're starting to hear that this thing is heating up. And I think the worst thing that any of these officials could do is to uh, tell people that it's okay to go out in March and it was responsible after telling the rest of us, screw your business. You may lose your job, but you must stay in. Now, if there is another uh, wave of this and it is really bad, I think you're going to have a hard time convincing a lot of people to stay in. They're going to say, screw you. You didn't even believe it. Well, I do think there has been an extraordinary double standard uh, expressed by a lot of people in the media and officials uh, condoning protests, but uh, still telling the rest of us that we have to stay home and mustn't uh, go out and mix with people. You know, in this country, we're not allowed to go to the pub. We're not allowed to, uh, you know, have have any fun at all. But if we uh, were to go, as thousands did uh, a couple of weekends ago, to London and march in really close proximity to each other and shout and scream, which, of course, means you're, you know, spreading a lot of droplets in the air, um, uh, then nobody seems to object. And I do, you know, a lot of us feel that 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 is a, a double standard. It needs to be called out. Either those protests are going to produce a very nasty second spike of the virus or 
we're going to find that it doesn't do that. And all the evidence so far suggests that it doesn't do that. There's no sign of an uptick, certainly in, in London, of, of either cases or of reports of people starting to feel ill and calling emergency hotlines and things like that. And it's already two so weeks the- down, down the road. So either it, it looks like uh, this has proved that we don't need so much social distancing anymore because we're into this, the season when this doesn't spread very well. We've done a lot of the voluntary stuff, which has made it very difficult for the virus to spread. And we can try and get our lives back to normal and get people's jobs back and get people's you know, cancer appointments back and all these things that, that, that we've stopped. Matt, the, uh, the America's golden calf of the spring was Dr. Fauci. And now Fauci is saying... He wouldn't go to any of these Trump rallies. It's just too dangerous. And now we also find out there may be no immunity. Look what's happening in China. These people should have been immune. They're not immune. And it's coming for a second wave. So which is it? Is it, is it dangerous? Or can you go out in these crowds and not have any real lasting effects? Which, which one? And who do we believe? Well- of course, the, the true answer is we still don't fully know. This is a new virus and we are still learning all the time. However, we can say some things with, with great clarity. Uh, and one of them is that young people are at very, very, very low risk indeed. Um, that uh, if you're over 80, it is a serious problem. It is a very dangerous uh, virus if you've got underlying conditions. Uh, and those are the people we need to be really careful and keep away from crowds and keep away from social contact with, with people because young people can spread it, but they're very unlikely to suffer seriously from it. Um, uh, the, so that's a, that's a really important point, I think, that we need to understand. And on the point of immunity, there are lots of different uh, things leading in different directions. It do, it, there isn't a huge amount of what you call B-cell immunity, that is to say antibodies in the population, but there's another kind of immunity called T-cell immunity, which is partially effective and which seems to be very widespread in the population. Some reports have said 40%, some reports have said 70% of kids under the age of four have this kind of immunity, and that's why they're not catching the disease. Now, why have they got this kind of immunity? Because there are four other coronaviruses that we catch pretty well every winter. Um, They're called the common cold. They're one of the causes of the common cold. uh, And they have given us a degree of immunity to coronaviruses. And once you factor in that, that maybe a big chunk of the population is already partly immune, then it turns out that the virus will die back of its own accord, particularly in summer, with only voluntary measures, and you won't need uh, these uh, drastic compulsory lockdowns. But, as I say, we don't know that for sure. That's the way it's looking at the moment. It does seem, uh, Matt, that, you know, there, the seasonal aspect of it, it can be both encouraging and discouraging. Like, we're seeing some in the United States where there have been some states where we're seeing a little bit of a bounce back. But it does seem to be at least some seasonal effect. However, does that signify we're in for it in a, in a, in a big way going forward when we get to fall? I think that is a concern because um, all these respiratory viruses are seasonal. Flu is seasonal. Colds are seasonal. And we don't really know why. Um, I mean, it's just quite interesting to to talk briefly about one of those coronaviruses that cause colds. It's called OC43. It's the commonest of the common cold coronaviruses. It's highly seasonal. You only get it in winter on the whole. Now, genomic evidence, genetic evidence suggests that that first entered the human population around 1890, 
Well, it turns out there was a very bad epidemic of what was so-called Russian flu in 1889 to 90, and it sounds very like what we had today. It hit old people harder than young people. Uh, it hit men harder than women. So it could be that that was the first entry of that virus into the population, and it killed a million people, uh, and it spread all around the world. Uh, but then it became much more harmless, and it's so harmless now that you and I have probably had it several times. We get partial immunity to it, but in a few years later, you can get it again, and, and you just call it a, a cold. Um, so that holds out hope in the long run that this virus will also turn harmless. And the, re the reason that happens with respiratory viruses, not necessarily with other kinds of viruses, uh, is because the virus wants you out there protesting and coughing and having fun and talking to people because that way it can spread more easily. If you go to bed and lie still for a week and don't see anybody, then that's no good to the virus. The virus needs another um, destination. So, uh, Matt, um, have we? Is there a definitive answer yet on where this came from? I, I just talked to somebody who said, uh, "No, no, no." The researchers have found that uh, China uh, uh, put this bat virus, I think, into a mouse or something, and it's documented over in China with video. They talked about doing it. They weren't weaponizing it. They were just experimenting. Um, and he said because of that, and he had all the scientific jargon, because of that, it's a it's a, uh, a virus that was released and doesn't have any real staying power to it. And it's going to get weaker and weaker. Have you looked into that? Have you heard that? I have looked into this and I don't know the answer any more than anybody else. We are still very uncertain here and I don't know what what what, what happened. But. There are several key things that we now do know. The first is that it did not jump from an animal to a human being in that seafood market in Wuhan. We know that for two reasons. One, because the animals in the seafood market turn out to be uh, to, to test negative. There was no uh, animal they could find that tested positive. The Chinese only announced that very recently, even though they did the tests early in January. It would have been helpful if they'd let us know a bit sooner. Um, uh, secondly, um, we know that it was already very well adapted to human beings in the people who caught it in the market. Uh, so what mm. this tells us is that the market was a super spreader event. It was a person spreading it in the market, not an animal. Now, that does make it less likely that we need to, well, you know, that, 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 that means that we need to look for other sources of where it came from. And with respect to the labs, there are several questions we need to answer if we are to rule out the possibility that it's a lab leak. Wuhan is one of the centers of coronavirus research in the world, one of the two top centers for coronavirus research in the world. They were working on coronaviruses. They were combining parts of one virus with another, making so-called chimeric viruses. They handled the uh, sample taken from a mine shaft in 2013 that is the closest bat sample to the one we have. For some reason, they changed the name of that sample when they announced it in, in January uh, and didn't uh, say that it was from a mine shaft. We're a little unsure about why that is, but we know that three miners died in that mine shaft from a pneumonia-like illness that turned out to be a coronavirus. So presumably their lungs were analyzed too. We need to know what, what that was. Um, we know that when they do these experiments in Wuhan to make combined viruses. They take the so-called receptor binding domain from one virus and add it to the backbone of another. And that's what this virus looks like. It looks like it's got a pangolin part for one part and a bat part for another. 
We know they can do that without leaving a trace. It used to be argued until a few weeks ago um, that if they had done that, they would very clearly leave a signature, a sort of restriction mm-hmm. um, enzyme signature, to, to give it its proper name. Um, we know that they can do it without doing that. So there's a whole bunch of things that we know make it possible for this to have been made deliberately in the lab with a view to understanding its virulence, not with a view to making a bioweapon, and that it's possible that it therefore leaked. Now, to rule that out, the Chinese authorities need to bring forward all the researchers involved in that program and give us a complete and open account of exactly what experiments they did and why they think it did not leak. And then we can be reassured. It's in their interest to do that. How do you think history is going to look back at the response of this? This is the first time in human history that we have shut everything down. I mean, they they shut things down in London for the you know London plague, but not like this. Um, uh, this is really kind of a test run of does this work? Can we even do it? How is this going to be viewed in history as a a good thing or, you know, the first in the way we handled viruses? How is this going to be remembered? I think this is going to be remembered as a pretty big, disastrous series of policy mistakes. Uh, We reacted too slowly at the start. We overreacted in the middle. We relied too much on scientific models, which were uh, flawed in their forecasting. Um, uh, And as you say, we used thoroughly illiberal and compulsory means to shut down the whole of society doing huge economic damage without, uh, and then the worst mistake of all, um, we let it run rampant through the care home system. Uh, both in my country and in New York State, there have been cases where um, patients were sent from hospitals to care homes without being tested for the virus. Uh-huh. That caused an epidemic in the care homes. So, so there's a whole series of mistakes that I think I'm afraid are pretty disastrous. Uh, and we're going to have to, to learn very carefully um, from this not to behave that way in future. We ought to have been able to handle this with a... Uh, with a voluntary restrictions that saved old people who were most at risk from getting close to the virus, but didn't interfere with young people going about their business and earning their living. Uh, and that, I think, is one of the things we've got to do. In my book called How Innovation Works, I, I, I write about vaccines, I write about drugs, I write about all these innovations. And I think the other lesson we have to learn uh, is that we didn't do enough innovation in vaccine development and other things before this uh, pandemic came along because we knew it was possible i'm so afraid that we're going to get past this and the same thing is, is going to happen uh, is going to happen again we're just going to lose interest in it once we get past it and and then no one's going to follow up oh. go ahead glenn yeah um uh, how innovation works is uh Stu is i mean matt he worships a small idol of you <laughs> uh uh, you really changed his life, and uh, I've read uh, your book, How Innovation Works. It's really, really, really good, and everybody should read it. Uh, we appreciate you being on with us. Thank you so much. Matt Ridley, the rational optimist, uh, rationaloptimist.com, and the name of his book is How Innovation Works and Why It Flourishes in Freedom. All right, I want to talk to you a little bit about Rectech Grills. This is the best Father's Day gift you can. Is Father's Day this weekend? It is, yeah. Mm -hmm. Next weekend. Okay, enter today for your chance to win the same grill that I use from Rectech with Rectech's Father's Day contest. Rectech, R-E-C-T-E-C, grills. 
dot com slash back you can go into the stores and you can you know you can see all of the different grills uh and i urge you to do them i urge you to go in and look at all of the different mm-hmm. grills and then look at a rec tech yeah rec tech is well, it is this mm-hmm. weekend by the way just so people are it is this weekend, is this weekend. just this sunday this coming sunday mm-hmm. well i'm not the one who has to buy the gift so i don't really <laughs> care closer to presents anyway um uh, rec tech grills the this is built by grillers and it's uh it's made for grillers it's made for honestly it's it's made for going out and doing all the you know road work and doing the championship cook-offs and everything else that's who really built this thing and they knew they could build them really sturdy and out of steel and last this is just this is high quality far superior to anything that you're going to find you know in the store they cut the middleman out, so you buy directly from them, and that's how they keep the price so low. Um, but it is, it's by far. You go look at the best, and then you go look at the best. Rectech Grills. R-E-C-T-E-C Grills.com slash Beck. Go there now, sign up, and possibly win for Father's Day a brand new grill from RectechGrills.com slash Beck. 10 seconds, station ID. Did you see the uh, the story in the Wall Street Journal, Stu, about uh, the praise for Andrew Cuomo and who praised him, what they said, and how wrong they were? <laughs> uh, no, but if you praise Andrew Cuomo, we know you were wrong. And now I can't separate the two. Now I look at Andrew Cuomo and I just see Chris. Yeah. Well, that's why we uh, launched AndrewCuomoWasAwful.com. Uh, just to make sure that if you need to demonstrate how much you know Andrew Cuomo is awful, you can do that. We were trying to get Chris Cuomo is worse T-shirts as well, uh, so you could have like one, you mm-hmm. could be wearing Andrew Cuomo is awful T-shirt, and then the person next to you could be wearing Chris Cuomo is worse. Um, but we there's been printing issues, so we haven't been able to get those made up yet. Have you thought about um, even Fredo is ashamed of him? <laughs> A third one? I like it. <laughs> Yeah, even Fredo is embarrassed by (laughs) by Chris. Uh, um, The uh, Wall Street Journal investigation uncovered major government missteps in New York with Andrew Cuomo. Improper patient transfers. Some patients were too sick to have been transferred uh, between hospitals. Squabbling between Cuomo and uh, de Blasio administrations contributed to this uncoordinated effort. Insufficient isolation protocols. Inadequate staff planning. The mixed message from the state and the city government. Over-reliance on federal government sources for uh, key equipment. uh, Procurement planning gaps. uh, And... You know, that that leaves out the nursing home slaughter centers mm-hmm. that uh, that Cuomo had uh, built. Yep. And, and then then they look in and they try to compare it to what the media was saying to him. And th- they said um, many of uh, leadership f- uh, failures of Cuomo were not the focus of the media's discussion. Rather, Amy Rohrbach from ABC News concentrated on the important things such as the governor's reaction to be being sexualized by lonely wine moms. Mm. Wow. Wow. <laughs> wow. Uh. Failure every place we know there were, we knew this was a failure when we saw it and they were built up and I just don't think 
uh, it's going to bid well for the Democrats coming this fall. I really don't. More in a minute. This is the Glenn Beck Program. And it really is. And it really is. Realestateagentsitrust.com. Selling your home is challenging. Uh, you need a real estate agent that's going to come into your house and take, take charge of things. Take charge of the situation. Need the house painted. Here's who you talk to. Need to replace the stairs in the backyard. Got a phone number right here. It's dialing. Roof repair. I know a guy. We got to get this done. That's a real estate agent that you can trust to sell your home. One that is active and really kind of knows everybody. The kind of agent that works for you. And it's the kind of agent that we would like to recommend to you. We've done a lot of the homework ourselves. We've narrowed uh, the real estate agents down in your area to just one, maybe two in your area, depending. Uh, and it's the real estate agent that we feel you can trust. It's the real estate agent I trust. So if you're looking to sell or buy your home, the one that's really going to work to get the right job done the first time, get you the most amount of money for your house, and get you into your next house for the least amount of money and make sure that it's right, realestateagentsitrust.com. And go to blazetv.com slash Glenn. Use the promo code Glenn for 10 bucks off your subscription over at Blaze TV. This is the Glenn Beck Program from the Standing Rock Ranch. We're so glad that you have uh, tuned in today. Last night I did a, uh, a special on the most dangerous cult in America, and it is this, this Marxist cult that is out now part of this cancel culture, and uh, it doesn't matter what you say, you, you know, you're a racist, whether you like it or not, and all of these companies that are playing right into this, and um, firing people, apologizing for things that, you know, they may not have ever done. Uh, and I think I think people are starting to catch on that it could happen to them. There's a story of a of a uh, uh, principal up in Vermont that is it's just the most remarkable story. She said, I firmly believe that uh, in black lives uh, that black lives matter but i don't agree with the coercive measures taken to get this point across some of which are falsified in an attempt to prove a point while i want to get behind blm i don't think that the people should be made to feel that they have to choose black race over human race while i understand the urgency to feel compelled to advocate for black lives what about our fellow law enforcement officials? What about all the others who advocate, we advocate for and demand equity for all? Just because I walk around, uh, just because I don't walk around with a BLM sign doesn't mean that I'm not a racist or that I am a racist. Well, she's been suspended. What did she say wrong? Now, as bad as this is, imagine being fired for doing literally nothing and then having the people who claimed you were doing something wrong recant and say, uh, you know what? No, I had it wrong. I don't think it was a racist thing. 
and your employer won't hire you back. This is what's happening to a California man who was fired from his job because someone, he was on the road, someone took a picture of his hand outside of his, outside of his truck, and he was cracking his knuckles. That's what he said. But they said he was forming the OK sign, which is alleged white power. Are you kidding me? Do you not have anything else to do with your life? So his name is Emmanuel Cafferty. He was fired from his position at San Diego Gas and Electric um, because the Twitter user posted this, which has now been deleted, said that he was a San Diego Gas and Electric employee, and he was making the white power symbol near a Black Lives rally. (laughs) Well, he's Mexican-American. He said, I just was cracking my knuckles. And he's been charged, tried now, and convicted on social media. Uh, and he lost his job when the other person said, I got it wrong. San Diego Gas and Electric didn't care. He's with us now in his first uh, interview. Uh, his name is uh, Emmanuel Cafferty, a Mexican-American. Welcome to the program, Emmanuel. How are you? Well, other than being unemployed, I'm fine. So when our producers reached out to you, um, you said you just want your you just want your job back. Uh, and yeah. then we reached out to, uh, you know, San Diego Gas and Electric. And they said uh, w- our employees are held to a high standard and expected to live up to our values every day. Whether in interactions with fellow employees of the public, we conducted a good faith and thorough investigation that included gathering relevant information and multiple interviews and took action in line with those values. While we're not able to reveal the full circumstances surrounding our investigation, Mr. Cafferty's separation from the company, we stand by our decision and will not be commenting any further. So basically what they're saying is, they know you're a racist, but they can't tell anybody why you're a racist. <laughs> Maybe. Or they're just saying they don't want to admit they made a mistake. So, um, and you, you do you still want to work with those people? Yeah, I do. I, I, I thought I was the best position I could be. I worked three and a half years. To get that position, and the day that I was hired by them was one of my proudest days. And to lose it in this fashion, it's it's like it's baffling. And yeah, I, I want to work. I still want to work there. And you say that you have special skills. That your job that you did, what you trained for, is very specialized. And so there are not a lot of these jobs around. Correct. What it, what is it you do? Underground utility locating. So how and how do you do that? Do you have to crawl through the sewers, or are you just no, no? You no. use a scope of some sort, Basically, or anytime someone wants to dig, they need to know what's underground, right? There's a gas line okay. there. There's a power line there. Phone line, whatever. Okay. So, you know, we All we right. have special tools that can. Show where they're at. We'll paint it on the ground, and you know everyone can see where it's at. Now you have three daughters uh, and a grandson that lives with you, uh, and you were fired without any severance. Correct. That was just it. 
Yeah. How are you paying for things? Uh, well, it's only been a couple of weeks so far, so you know, had a little bit of savings, but uh, it's going to be tough here coming up, especially in the uh, COVID climate we're living in. Well, not only that, Emmanuel, but your former company has issued a statement that said that they know you are a racist. They just can't tell anybody why. I mean, I, I don't know how you're going to find a job with a with your former company saying that. I mean, yeah. do you have a clan? Have you ever been a member of the clan? Are you? Do you know things that the average person doesn't no, know? Because I, mean- I honestly, I would look at that statement and say uh, I'm blackballed forever. Yeah, l- luckily, when you look at my face and you see that I'm, I'm Mexican-American, it's not going to be the first thing to come up to your mind that I might be a Klan member. <laughs> <laughs> so you started a petition on change.org. Correct. Uh, to, to try to convince your company to hire you back instead of a fundraising peti- pes- uh, petition, right? This is... You're saying, yeah, well, help me raise enough voices to say, hire me back. Correct. There is now a uh. GoFundMe account with my name at, you know, at the GoFundMe site for legal fees in case. Because I'm, I'm, I'm not going to take this standing. You know, I'm not going to sit down taking this. this it's just completely unfair if it happened to me it could happen to somebody else so i'm gonna go as far as i can to make as much noise as i can to uh kind of right this wrong so are you going for possibly a wrongful termination lawsuit or sue the guy that sicked the mob on you for civil damages or do you even know who it was that sicked the mob on you we kind of figured it out we kind of got a name he's since removed his account, which, which is even more maddening. He's even gave a statement to the local media, the, the news, and re- basically recanted everything he, he charged me of doing. And uh, well, all, yeah, all so he did is all he did is said you. He said you were making the white supremacist uh, uh, symbol, the OK sign. And how far away were you when when that picture was taken? Do you even know from the Black Lives Matter rally? No, I I do know. It's over a mile. So so you were sending a message to protesters that were a mile away? Is that what they're alleging? Well, well, no. Uh, They just took his word for it. Uh, he, he, He framed a picture with his captions, with his... The story of the ver- his version of the story, and they, for whatever reason, either they believed his story more than mine, or they just didn't care, or just because it was that week, that, you know, the the week with all the racial uprising, and either they just didn't want to deal with it, they believed him more than me. I don't know, but his version of it was full of lies. The way he put it on Twitter was just full of lies, and. That's what happened, and I'm dealing with the repercussions. We're talking to Emmanuel Cafferty, who was fired for uh, allegedly giving a white supremacist signal signal as he was driving past a rally. Emmanuel, as I look at this, 
what I a see mi- a mile, a mile uh, past the rally, <laughs> a mile past the rally. Uh, what I what I look at when I look at this, I see um, a situation where a lot of people are really stupid on social media, and a lot of people allege things that are false on social media, and a lot of people do really stupid things on social media. And while the person who alleged this is seemingly clearly in the wrong here, it's a totally different standard to be held by an employer. Uh, they seem to me to be the one who is really at fault here and have taken i mean they've they've smeared your name they've smeared your reputation they've taken your job they really are the ones who are con- in a way confirming this ridiculous allegation against you to me they seem to be the the ones who are most at fault here is is that how you see it as well no no i don't i i see like what this guy did he's like a real life troll he put me and the company in a in a tough position. One, they have to make a decision whether you know a company like that they're going to just say we have no we have no uh, patience for racism. Mm-hmm. They're going to have to you know make a big bold statement. And unfortunately for me, I ended up being the sacrificial lamb for that. But had this guy just stayed in his own lane, had this guy not went out of his way. To take a picture, first of all, I'm not even making a white supremacist gesture in the picture he takes. Right, and if he and, and if he doesn't put that online, tagging my my employer, tagging every news outlet in the city, none of this will happen. This the actions of this one troll is the reason why I don't have a job today. Mm. It's a very adult way of handling it. I don't know that I would have the same restraint, but I, I would say oh, it does boy, give the company a, a real out here and a possibility to make this right, um, where they can rehire you and 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 make this into a situation where you know social media got out of control. They made a wrong decision and can correct it. They still have a window here. It seems like you're giving them a manual, and uh, they should definitely take it. And just more than kind. I personally would be living off of the profits of a uh, litigation uh, suit uh, that would never go to court because they would settle for big dollars because unless they have something on you that they really can't say, they've just said, we fired you. Yeah, and well, that might not be right. We did our investigation and homework, and this guy, man, is he a racist? And I think you're going to have a hard time finding a job uh, after that. Yeah, yeah, they could say that. They could say that. My interaction with him at all is against their public image, and that's why I'm fired. Mm. Well, I wish you the best of luck, Emmanuel. I'm sorry this happened to you or anybody, um, but uh, I appreciate it. And uh, like Stu said, you're being much more, I guess, Christ-like than I would be. Um, But uh, the best of luck. And you can go to change.org or to, uh, uh, what's the other one? GoFundMe. That are raising money. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, GoFundMe. His name is Emmanuel Cafferty. Emmanuel Cafferty. Thank you so much, Emmanuel. I appreciate it. God bless. Does anybody else think that that's just bowing down to this company? I mean, these companies are bowing down to everybody. If you don't teach these companies a lesson, they're not going to stop. They'll throw anybody under the bus. Yeah. Throw anybody under the bus. It's it's an interesting approach there because it seems like he really does want the job back. And I I certainly would not want to go back to a company that treated me that way. But I think he's he's looking at this and saying, look, I, I... you know, this person made a false accusation. I can understand why companies get pressured into these situations, 
especially in this current environment. So mm. he's given them another chance. I mean, this is a gift from this guy. He does not have to provide I this know. gift to this company. They should take him up on it. I don't think they take it. it. Hmm. Yeah. Uh, one of the most tact- uh, common tactics that cyber criminals use to uh, perpetrate their scams is sowing fear. If they can convince you without giving, you know, without giving you any information, really, to give to give them something, a personal information, you're going to have everything in your life skid sideways all of a sudden. And once they've got you on that hook, things like your identity and reputation can be toast in a heartbeat. I mean, yes, you could go to work for San Diego Power and, and Gas. Uh, but you could also have somebody do it to you, you know, and you you're not working for them. You know, you haven't done a good job for them. Um, doesn't have to be this way. If you're the type of person who plans well for the future and make sure that you're protected, the very last thing you're going to succumb to uh, when dealing with cyber criminals is fear because you're going to have life lock. They detect a wide range of identity threats, usually the ones that you miss. They can't you know, prevent all identity theft or monitor all transactions at all businesses. But they are the best in the business. Save up to 25% off your first year by using promo code BACK. It's 1-800-LIFELOCK, 1-800-LIFELOCK. Or head over to lifelock.com and use the promo code BACK. Save 25% off. That's lifelock.com. This is the Glenn Beck Program. Nancy Green was 56 years old when she was selected as a spokesperson uh, for a new ready-mixed self-rising pancake flour. It made its debut in 1893 at the Fair and Exposition in Chicago. And she was so popular. She was so kind and so gracious and funny uh, and warm. Great storyteller. That her exhibition booth drew so many people that special security personnel were assigned to keep the crowds moving. Because of that, she was signed a lifetime contract and she became a very wealthy superstar in the advertising world and became the first living trademark in America. Here's what's interesting about Nancy Green. She was born a slave in Montgomery County in 1834. She died a wealthy woman uh, because she is the woman we know as Aunt Jemima. Time to restore truth. Time to restore perspective, uh, faith, and hope. Join us July 2nd, live from the Standing Rock Ranch. We'll remind you what it feels like to really be an American and come home. A new chapter of America begins July 2nd on all of our social media platforms and blazetv.com. This is the Glenn Beck Program. Hey, everybody knows PayPal, but did you know that they were teaming up with Honey to save you money? Honey is the free online shopping tool that automatically finds the best promo codes and applies them to your cart. And now it's part of the PayPal family. Just add Honey to your computer and shop on all of your favorite sites like normal. When it comes to checkout, just click the little Apply Coupons button when it pops up. A few seconds later, Honey scans the database for all the working coupons on the web 
and watch your price drop. Honey works on nearly every online store, Walmart, DoorDash, Home Depot, uh, Lululemon, Macy's. Honey has found over $2 billion in savings. That's why they have over 100,000 five-star reviews on Google Chrome Store. Not using Honey is literally passing up free money. It is free to use and installs in just a couple of seconds. Get money for free by joining Honey. Join Honey.com slash back. That's joinhoney.com slash back.